From Wyoming Public Media, this is Human Nature, real stories where humans and our habitat meet. I'm Erin Jones. Human Nature is back from a summer break, and season four is just around the corner. In the meantime, here's something new. This is part one of a three-part series called The Event Horizon, and all three parts are out now, ready for a binge listen. An event horizon is the point of no return at the border of a black hole. In this series, I'm exploring that edge. Over the next three episodes, consider with me the boundary between destruction and creation. First, we're going to learn something startling about black holes. In the second part, we'll get into the spiritual and artistic side of creation and destruction. And then finally, in part three, I'll share a story about a woman who found life in death. This series is a little different for human nature, but it's still us turning our love of storytelling to some big questions. It all started when I sat in on a class of PhD students who were learning about how to communicate their work to the media. One by one, they went around and pitched their dissertations as news stories. They were answering questions like, what can exotic birds in Paraguay tell us about climate change? Or what if deer are less adaptive to changes in habitat than we thought? And eventually eyes turned to a woman sitting directly across the room from me. She gave a half smile and then she said, My name is Michelle Mason and I study black holes. Michelle said most of her research was tedious. Unlike the folks who studied deer or birds, she couldn't exactly go out into the field. She sat in front of the computer, day after day, analyzing mathematical data. But what those data represented was extraordinary. Black holes, the most destructive force in the universe, might also be integral to creating galaxies. The fact that if you do approach a black hole, you will get ripped to shreds is kind of a bummer for black holes. Doesn't give it a very good reputation. But what we're finding... (laughs) (laughs) It's true. They just, you know... Poor black holes. I know. They're seriously misunderstood creatures. (laughs) A black hole isn't any stronger than any other object with its same mass. So a black hole with the mass of our sun isn't any stronger at pulling things towards it than our sun itself. The thing that gets it is because black holes can get so enormous, their power starts to grow a lot. And so what I study is our supermassive black holes, the ones found at the center of every massive galaxy. Those guys are the best. And the ones I study in particular are called quasars. They are actively eating up all the material around them in the galaxy. But what can happen if the black hole is taking on too much material? Before the material falls onto the black hole, it can release light and some heat. So this light can stream out and essentially cause winds. And then that wind going out can serve as a shockwave. The shockwave can go out, hit gas and dust out in the galaxy, and that stuff can collapse just like the supernova that sent a shockwave that created our solar system. These winds from the black hole can actually 
stimulate star formation. And now I will say people are still arguing about that. There's just a lot of arguing in astronomy and people smacking each other with their gloves at conventions. <laughs> but there are some people who believe that these black holes and the winds that come from them can actually stimulate star formation in a galaxy. So yes, even though they do destroy everything that comes too close to it, they can have large-scale creation effects. So galaxies can be formed in a number of ways, including by black holes, not exclusively by black holes. Well, you know, we think that the supermassive black hole and the galaxy co-evolve. So you can't have the galaxy without the black hole, but you can't have the black hole without the galaxy. Uh, yeah, I know. It's just this big muddled mess. You need both of them. The galaxy provides food for the black hole and a home for it. And the black hole provides essentially like, I don't want to say stability, but a center. And the galaxy wouldn't exist without it. Yeah. I thought about that over the next few months. Sometimes when I was walking my dog or drifting off to sleep, I would suddenly remember black holes. They create galaxies. I didn't know what to do with that. I couldn't let it go. Black holes, they create galaxies. I would bring it up to everybody I knew. Did you know black holes create galaxies? galaxies. I was obsessed. I knew almost nothing about space or the universe. All I knew was that when anything went into a black hole, it no longer existed. So I started reading Stephen Hawking. Hawking defines a black hole as a set of events from which it is not possible to escape to a large distance. That means nothing can escape, including light. So unlike most things in science, we can't directly observe black holes. We can only infer that they exist. A black hole is a point of massive absence. We infer their existence because the stars moving at the center of our galaxy are moving really, really fast around a very compact object. Just like our planets move around the sun, we can predict how stars will orbit the center of our galaxy. Well, the ones in the very middle, in the bulge of our galaxy, are moving much faster than we would expect. And we are able to trace their orbits and say, okay, based on all of these orbits of these different stars, there has to be an object at this location, and this has to be its mass. But since something with that big of a mass would normally be extremely large, but this particular object has to be very, very small, we say it's a black hole. It's a supermassive black hole because it its mass is enormous, but the reason we think it's a black hole is because its size has to be extremely small. And the only way you can get a lot of mass in a small space is typically a black hole. So we have no idea what happens inside a black hole, or what it does? No. Unfortunately, no. Once you fall into a black hole, you can't get out. And so the reason that we have no idea what happens inside a black hole, or what it does inside of itself 
is because we don't have anything that could like we could send inside it to observe without it getting destroyed as right. far as we know right the premise of a black hole is that once you pass what we call the event horizon that is the point of no return once you go in you can't come out so in astronomy we get all our our information from light particles um, coming from different objects. So there are no light particles coming from inside a black hole. So we have no information coming from inside a black hole. And even if we were to send a spacecraft to the nearest black hole, it would just get torn apart by what we call tidal forces. As you approach a black hole, um, it would just get ripped apart. Some people think black holes rip the fabric of space-time, bend 3D space into 4D space. Uh, we, I can't understand what a four-dimensional spatial universe looks like, but that's what some people believe black holes do, is they bend space-time to the point that they tear it open. Black holes represent the ultimate end, more decisive and less comprehensible than death. Once inside a black hole, there's nothing knowable, no new physical form, no possibility of renewal. Black holes represent death on the scale of the universe. And apparently, galaxies can't exist without them. They co-evolve. A galaxy, a supermassive black hole, a glittering whorl of possibility, a destructive absence. The most destructive force in the universe is also inherently creative. Does that mean the opposite is true? What if creative forces are also inherently destructive? That's in part two of this three-part series, The Event Horizon. Also coming up in the series, a story about a woman who found life in death. Find parts two and three in your feed now.